Hello, and welcome to Six Sheets Under. My name is Andrew. And I'm Reggie. And unfortunately, Hannah will not be joining us today. She will be sitting this episode out. So we will be struggling along without her voice of reason. Yeah, and she's usually our kind of tech information person. Luckily, this is one that uh, both Reggie and I have a little bit more information on uh, going into it. Yeah, it's something we're at least able to talk about. Reggie has been pulling for it, and it's a nice little follow-up from our last episode being latex and leatherware. Uh, so we're going more into kind of a um, accessory fashion aspect uh, with the hanky code. The handkerchief code. Yes, sir. So um, I'm actually going to let uh, Reggie take the reins on this one here since this is one that he's been wanting to do. Um, but I think we should probably start with maybe a little bit of uh, like history or at least where it first started. And I think you were the one that kind of researched that a little more. I know more of the social aspect of it. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, I did look into it. I mean, I'd already known a little bit of the history, but basically from about the 1970s, 1980s is where it gained a lot of prominence as a way of signaling other men in the queer community. So it was something that gay men used, uh, basically, and, and it initially started with a red handkerchief to represent fisting. Um, and it was basically a way for people to put that on display without it being... Um, obvious to people who weren't aware of what it meant so you could basically say hey i'm into this without making it really known outside of that community uh which is why the term signaling or flagging is associated with uh using hankies really i didn't know flagging mm -hmm. was tied to that yeah yeah exactly so it's it's basically you're hanging a flag to represent oh, that makes sense yeah. yeah and so just so much as where it had started with a red handkerchief, um, it also determined whether or not it was in right or left pocket. So that determines whether or not you are the giver or the receiver, top, bottom, whatever term you want to associate with that. Um, and then as it kind of grew in popularity, um, you actually had places like adult stores, uh, adult theaters, um, and magazines actually giving decoders for these hanky codes Almost so people like could know a little secret code ring exactly and uh so then you add more of a you know diversity in what colors uh the handkerchief might colors, make, what kind patterns of patterns exactly um even materials so um i, I know uh, say... i know black is s m yeah and, and even further than that you can even have things like black lace or yeah. black like leather or, or vinyl black or, and a yellow or mm -hmm. and then so it actually kind of started losing some of its popularity in the later 80s uh during the rise of hiv and aids awareness and so at that point it's actually really interesting because the hanky code itself adopted in ways to reflect safe sex so you started seeing people wearing checkered patterns so a black and white checkered handkerchief hanging out of the back pocket uh that actually just represents if you're following the code that people were encouraging and interested in practicing safe sex, but they were still on the prowl, essentially. Um, but it, it, it kind of started in the 80s because of that more awareness, especially among the gay men, male community. Um, you know, you're going to have more of that heightened awareness because it was something that definitely affected much more of the gay male population. Um, 
nowadays though it's it's developed much beyond uh just you know queer culture it's definitely still associated with queer culture but uh you're seeing it branch into even just aspects of bdsm um and what i find really interesting is of course nowadays we have much more casual forms of signaling or flagging like you can buy a shirt that straight up just says what you're into yeah. and it's much more culturally acceptable you know i mean i have a couple of shirts that are very indicative of my interest in hentai and well and also i think because of the rise of the internet and things like that it's easier to find a partner yeah. so you don't have to be flagging as much you can literally just go on grinder well right exactly and even in that ease of access i would say um it does also make it again more culturally acceptable for you to have more obvious forms more of signaling tells, you know yeah. yeah you can literally people are wearing more obvious like bdsm gear pardon me sorry people are wearing more obvious bdsm gear in just day-to-day -day life and some people aren't even associated with the community or they're unaware of the association. oh yeah like you were saying earlier collars and chokers yeah. well that and, can just be a fashion statement and, and not... for a lot of people it is and i've noticed that a lot because i personally um have never seen a collar um, as something that is not related to BDSM. So when I see people just wearing a collar with a ring on it just because, like, hey, good on you, but it's that, like, I immediately represent that as someone owns this person. And it's not like, a, oh, you know, it's against their will or anything. It's obviously something that people wear as a badge of honor. Like, yeah, hey, look at my symbol. collar. Right, but, I, but it's interesting because then there are plenty of people who do wear those things and don't know that there has any that there's any significance beyond it. I mean, well, similar like we, to you with handkerchiefs. Yeah, because I wear handkerchiefs just because. Well, and I'll hang them out my pocket mm -hmm. because that was kind of a thing you did in the music scene. Mm -hmm. It was like for wiping up blood or for just as a you know fashion statement. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It was very much like in the punk rock hardcore punk rock, especially where you have the hoop belts. Mm -hmm. You tie off, you know handkerchiefs or you know mm -hmm. oh yeah and i mean i did the same thing i carried a bandana as well and you know whether it be something i would wear on my head around my neck or in my back pocket surprisingly enough actually hanky code does translate up to being worn around the neck as well which is funny because i always am wearing something around my neck i sure. currently have a houndstooth bandana on right right, right. which is interesting too because we were actually talking I about think the houndstooth patterns incorporated into it so Going into some more depth, though, on the actual hanky code itself, we're going to kind of go into some uh, specifics with um, what patterns might mean, uh, what, you know, identification it might be uh, presenting. Yeah, because there's some very, very specific ones. And we're not going to go, like... <clears throat> over every oh, single dude. one there are so many graphics online that is very easy for folks to find but ultimately i just kind of want to hit on some of the more obvious ones and then also point out some of the i guess more strange or just um in-depth yeah. ones so right side is receiving left side is giving oh and i'm finding out that it was actually super popular in the leather gay community mm-hmm so yeah, perfect tie-in. Love it. Well, and it's, you know, it's gone even further beyond just like hankies where, you know, things like suspenders, shoelaces, sus um, you know, you've, you've got different little accessories that you can wear that can essentially be mm -hmm. coined as a, as a flag. 
shoelaces i'd be careful about but uh especially if you are in an area that has like white supremacists yeah uh, that's shoelaces are something that you need to be careful of because red laces for instance are usually indicative of you have killed somebody yeah you've been bled in um so yeah always be careful of your uh, shoelaces um if you buy a noob doc martens just go with the black laces yeah, keep it simple. Yeah, don't don't use yellow laces. Don't use white. Even if you think they look nice, just don't. Just don't. Yeah, don't use white because that means you're a new Neo. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, you know, how we went from handkerchiefs to uh, shoelaces. But it is, it is, it just it's shows. Just different symbolism for each. Exactly. And how many people might not realize that what they're wearing could represent something that they're completely unaware of. Um. I mean, I will still laugh that when I was in high school, I uh, got told to take the bandana I was wearing on my head off because it was, like, blue. And apparently the, like, 70-year-old security guard was like, we have gangs here. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> it's the fucking mall in suburban, like, area. Yeah. Like, not even downtown Portland, which is not even going to be that big of an issue. So, come on, dude. But yeah, I mean, people pick people pick up on that kind of stuff. Man, why can I not find? I had a really really good one, and now I can't. Oh wow! Oh, well, I did find. Uh, you know, I forgot that wearing uh, toilet paper means that you're interested in uh, public toilet stuff. Wow, that is a yeah. Uh, that's plastic pretty... bags likes trash baggery. I'm going to have to later look up what trash baggery is. Well, um... Unless you already know. I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm only going to make an, a, an assumption here, um, an educated guess. Um, but when I was at the adult store, we did have some people who liked to go through the trash and, um, you know, um, interact with it in one way or another. So I'm wondering if I'm maybe that gonna... has something to do with that. Um, oh, tampons, tampons, you know, you could wear a tampon if you're into, you know, that, um, oh, playing with used, I don't know why lemons have anything to do with enemas, but apparently that's, that's something. Oh, it's probably give you some nice vitamin C. Uh-huh. Well, you know, okay. So as I'm like looking at some of these things, these more like interesting ones, um, I also realized in the past when I had looked at it, there's also association with keys. And how your keys are hung on your belt. Oh, really? So basically, like, and, and I don't, Cause that's... I'm not going off of, like, I'm going off of my back knowledge, not, like, this is exactly how it is. But, like, just in the way that a hanky on right or left has meaning, your keys on your right or left have meaning. Like, a, you have a home and you're willing to host, or you don't have a home and you're looking to, looking to find one kind of a thing. So it's like a representation of where your living situation might be. Which is funny because I've always worn my keys on a carabiner on my waist. Yeah. Yeah, same. It's just easy. And I've never lost my keys because of that. Yeah. Well, I started doing it because I used to constantly lock my keys in my car. Uh, And so it was a way for me. And that was actually when I was using a wallet chain. I would have it attached to my carabiner to my wallet. So when I would uh, have it in the ignition... I wouldn't be able to get out of my car without taking the keys with me because they were still connected that to makes my wallet. Sense, yeah. So it made me like constantly like, oh, I need to take my keys out. Because I had locked, at one point in time, I had two spare keys. I locked both spare keys and my actual keys in the car with it running. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's an accomplishment. 
Yeah, that is a uh, that's a level of Darwinism right there. Don't bring Daddy Darwin into this. <laughs> Daddy Darwin, I never want to hear that term. Just beard on beard action. Oh man, get some Darwin Karl Marx action. <laughs> oh, can can we play evolution in the bedroom, Reggie? <laughs> You'll be the theory. I'll be Darwin. <laughs> Fuck. That one killed me. <laughs> so going into some of the more uh yeah so you've got like you know black and white stripes you're really into kissing that's really sweet uh or black and white checkers safe sex um cream colored cum fetish oh well i guess that makes sense yeah maybe you're into some uh some gokin i believe you've brought that up before and i believe you told me what it was before so you know what bukkake is. Yeah. So bukkake is like just the softer slathered. version of Gokin. Gokin, and I could be saying it totally wrong. I'm not sure. But basically what it is is, is like. Is that where you wear like a bowl? Yeah. Oh. It's like full, full like cum immersion or like people like fucking snorting cum oh, and stuff like yeah. that. You know, or like gargling it. You know, just like like really heavy cum fetish stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, teach their own. I'm personally not into it, but I do have to laugh because I would have never known about this, like, in as much depth as I I do, if it wasn't for one of the customers that we had um, that would always bring videos up and then just talk about why he likes those videos. And I'm like, dude, good for you. I'm not shaming you, but I also don't need to know every little detail about your kink and fetish. Like, "Mm, I'm just here behind the counter. I don't need to. But look at us now. It's coming in handy. (laughs) You know, I do appreciate the knowledge I've been, I've been given. Um, Actually, I do have to. (laughs) A blessing and a curse. It is. It is. I mean, it's not really like I've learned anything worse than the internet's already taught me. Right. But uh, there was one time, though, and one thing I, this little side story here, but what I do find very interesting was how, when people were really uncomfortable coming into the store, how it really affected how they carried themselves. Like, some people you could just tell, oh, they're uncomfortable, and that's okay. Other people were, like, shady uncomfortable. And it was probably just because they were uncomfortable, but, like, they act so, like, I, I don't know, like, they're up to something, you know, and it's like... oh like, not so much shame, but, like, shady? That's what I mean, yeah, exactly, but it's really just because they don't know how to carry themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I remember one time this guy came up, and he's, like, on his phone, he was obviously pulling something up to ask about, and he shows it to me on his phone, he's like, do you have these? Or have this, is what he said. And from the distance that I was at from the counter, like, it was probably a good, like, ten feet away from me. That he shows me his phone screen. I don't exactly have the best vision. Um, my glasses no, you are, don't say. Yeah, my glasses are a little bit uh, out of uh, prescription at this point in time. But what he showed me, from my perspective, just looked like a fucking dick pic. Like he just straight up whipped his phone out and showed me a picture of his dick. And my immediate response was, why would you do that to me? <laughs> like I straight up said that to him, yeah. like deadpan. And he was already uncomfortable, but that just made him so much more uncomfortable. And then he, like, got a little closer, and I could see that it was actually an extender. Like, like one of those, like, cock extenders. Yeah, you you just slap it over the top. But because, obviously, it's flesh-toned, and it was... The photo he showed me was, like, it being worn by somebody, 
So it just looked like a dick pic. And I also, was like, it must have been a pretty good extender if it just blended in that way. Well. It was really obvious once I saw the photo. Oh, okay. So, but it was like, oh, that's what it was. Then I told him, like, hey, just a heads up next time. Maybe don't just show a photo like that to a clerk. Yeah. Because that's exactly what just happened. Like, I thought you were just fucking, like, sexually harassing me here. I mean, it sounds kind of ironic in a porn store, but... Just no, because I'm behind a counter doesn't mean I'm yeah, open to everything you're going to show to me. People working at a porn store are still retail workers. Exactly. Like, I'm I'm not a part of your kink. I'm not a part of your fetish. I'm just there to run a register yeah, and help and, you find what you're looking for. Yeah, and answer questions. Exactly. To the best of my ability. But once I figured that out, he was fine. He was still real uncomfortable. But I had to laugh because it's always when men would be coming in for extenders that they were even more uncomfortable than usual. And, I mean, I, I can imagine that's probably really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. What I find more embarrassing, though, isn't the guys that come in on their own to pick them up. It's when the wife buys one for him in front of us. Oh. Oh, man, I saw that happen, and it was like, I mean, hey, maybe that's part of their dynamic. Maybe that's part of the play. Totally cool, you know, because I know some people are into that, you know, demeaning aspect of a. But I like the idea that it wasn't his. I don't think it was. I really don't think it was. I think it was like a. She was just like tired of it and just like, okay, it's my turn. Yeah, we need to get one of these. And he's just like, oh. Oh. Right, right. To be fair, though, the one she picked had a lot of like knobs on it. And, you know, unless you got something medical going on. Or a lot of... She uh, wanted a bunch of accessories. I was going to say, or you got a lot of, like, uh, you know, implants, which I have seen those before. Oh, yeah. No, body mods on the dick mm-hmm. are... I've seen bumps and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. added in. Oh, yeah. Um, personally, not my thing. Um, no, I don't... Yeah. I I'm, uh, teach their own, but I don't want to pierce anything down there, let alone put fucking marbles in it. Yep. But, you know, hey, I'm sure people enjoy it on both aspects, so... Certainly not going to knock it. Going into more depth, though, is there any uh, any particular color or pattern you might be uh, curious on there, Reggie? I think houndstooth was one you were asking about. Yeah, because that's what I... Houndstooth is what I'm wearing right now. Houndstooth, so. let us find out. Yeah, of course, brown is scat play. That's pretty obvious. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Olive Drab is... Uh, Military. Mili- yep. Well, thanks for cutting me off there, asshole. Fuck you. Uh, oh. Oh. If you wear a doily, you're into tea parties. Oh, I've heard that. Actually, not gonna lie, though. Fucking tea parties are great. Oh. I have a feeling... Don't tea- wear fur. What's that? Um, it's, it's not pet play. Mm. It's zoophilia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. fuck that. Uh, this, this is a show that we definitely do not shame people, but when you're doing things against things that can't consent, that's fucking wrong. I will never and I will always shame anybody who ever even thinks that zoophilia is moderately okay. Fuck you. Absolutely not. It is not okay. Animals can't consent. Rant over. Agreed. Uh, Rust is cowboy play. Oh. Oh corduroy yeah students and professors oh or it actually says as headmaster that kind of makes sense because of like plaid skirts and things like that wine stains for drunks i dig that 
I like that too, but wouldn't that? I feel like that's more like suburban drunk. Yeah, not like you know bar drunk. Yeah, that's it's more like, like classy. Like, let's go get drunk on a bottle of wine. I don't think classy is the word I would use. Well, Have you ever seen a white woman drunk on wine? True. Not classy. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, there's all the attempts to be classy, but as soon as that wine gets in the system, uh, oh, tie dye, tie dye for hippies. No, oh, of course. I mean, duh. Hey, uh, guess what yellow is? Sunflowers. <laughs> that one's pretty obvious. Yeah. Water sports. Um, oh, oh, all right, all right. Um, oh. oh, white and polka dots. Orgies. Really? Yeah, like, apparently. Party time. I thought I saw a different one was, uh, orgy. Um, nope, it's polka dots. Does it matter the color? Uh, col multicolor polka dots. Oh, okay. Yep. I guess that makes sense because it's got all the colors. It's a party. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, mosquito netting for outdoors. Medium blue is a cop fucker. Oh. Intern Jade's trying to get on the table again. She's trying to fill in the spot left by Hannah. Oh. oh, wow. Okay, this just shows its age. A napkin with mobile number. Uh, dirty SMS me. That shows its age by that's, saying SMS. That's pretty funny. I mean, like, because now it's just DMs. Yeah, just slide in the DM. But that makes sense because uh, it's got the number, so you can literally just hand it to somebody. Celery. Brunch included. Ooh, so a little bit of meal after play? <laughs> oh, interesting. I guess toothbrush is also another, uh, like, indicator of uh, hosting or being the host. Oh, yeah, because morning after. Uh-huh. Oh, and now I just found all the markings and flaggings for chemical awareness. Awesome. So, you know, in case your hanky code fails, uh, just remember that your hankies can also be dual functional for any hazardous materials you may have on board. Oh, weird. You know, if it's a flame hazard, chemical hazard, yeah. biohazard. I mean, they make placards for that, but... Well, you know, you could get a hanky of it. I guess if you're carrying something. <laughs> I'm still not finding houndstooth, though. Interesting. Well, good. I, Maybe... Well, no, it's definitely one. So don't, don't act like you're safe yet. It's there. I just don't know what it means. Oh, 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 is this the Jade one? Jade made it on the table, but she's being very good. This is the one that I was looking for. I found it, finally, I think. Assuming it will actually come up now. Oh, fuck you, Pinterest. I don't have a Pinterest account, so it always is like, you want to look at these photos? You want to have an account with us? And I'm like, no, I don't. I do not want to look at... Do people still use Pinterest? I haven't heard about that in a while. I don't know. I've never used it. Um, how many fucking links do I have to click just to, all right, there we go. So, you just have to complain loud enough. I do. Houndstooth means you like to bite. Okay, so yeah, good thing I'm wearing it. Ooh, ooh, Union Jack, what is that one? Oh. Oh, cousin? Skinhead. Oh, well, duh. Yeah, Union Jack, what do you mean, cousin? 
That's the British flag, dude. Oh, I'm thinking of a different one. <laughs> oh, jockstrap. Oh, Jesus. Where would you wear that? On the outside? On your face? And out In the your pocket? pocket? No, I actually worked with a guy who uh, sold used jockstraps uh, in the same way that uh, like women will sell oh, used underwear. Nice. Uh -huh. He actually taught me that uh, if you want to get into that business, the best thing you do is buy brand new ones and then wash them with lotion because it makes them really soft and like they've been worn out. Ah. So you can buy, because obviously if you're selling used stuff, you don't want to sell them something brand new. People are going to be upset about that. They don't mm. want brand new jock straps. They want something that's been worn. Tool of a trade. But I thought the whole point of buying used was have it not washed. Well, right. No, but the, what I'm saying is it t makes it look less new. So gotcha. he would wash it in lotion to make it look worn out or worn enough and then wear it. Oh. So that way it doesn't look brand new. Gotcha. Like it looks like he's had it for a while. Gotcha. So, um, yes. And then, you know, this one also shows doilies for tea parties. Um, oh, I guess tissue is also a representation of um, unshowered and likes it musky. Mmm. Nothing like a little bit of schmigma. Reggie's face right now. That word. What, you don't like smegma? Smeg you just said it two different ways. I know. Too. I said it schmegma because it sounds grosser that yeah, way. Yeah, totally But does. the word doesn't have an H in it. It's smegma. Yeah. But everyone everyone always says schmegma for some reason. Yeah, because it just sounds grosser. Yeah. It just does. Smegma still sounds pretty gross. No, smegma sounds... Disgusting. Know. Yeah. Oh. Okay, interesting. Um, I guess beige... Okay, I'm sorry, but hold on. Cream, beige, and pale yellow. In my opinion, who the fuck is going to notice the difference between those? Well, pale yellow spit, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, and then uh, apparently beige is eats ass. Ooh. That'd be a popular one right now. Mm -hmm. um, For some reason, ass eating became... Cream like... is condom play. Oh, like playing after the fact? Or just anything involving condoms, really. Like putting Whether... them on your hands and your feet and slapping around. I don't think around. that's what it's meant. <laughs> I think it means people who have a fetish with wearing condoms uh, and or like... Over the face, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, who knows? I, I'm really... They're just playing with a condom, why not? Yeah, you know. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, this is this is the one that had the Cupid doll on it. So, uh, and it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was. So I thought Cupid doll was kind of like the fur thing where, you know, okay, fur is for zoophiles. Cupid dolls are going to be for people who are into underage people. But no, it's actually barely legal. So, I mean, I could say something about it, but it's still technically legal, so I can't say anything. Yeah, I have, you know, mixed, you do, you I have mixed feelings on that. Oh, I guess leopard print is, um, which actually kind of makes sense, is indicative of tattoos. Oh, so wearing a leopard print bandana is like an indicator of you like tattoos or you have tattoos. That kind of makes sense because leopard print's really popular in the punk culture. Uh, and when I think when and, and it's funny too because you say you know bandanas and associate them with punk culture. I don't associate them with punk culture. I associate them with rockabilly and psychobilly, oh, yeah. which is you know which is a, a branch of a branch. Punk. Well, psychobilly is yes, it's a branch of punk rock, yeah. but rockabilly in and of itself well, I guess is its punk, own thing. Well, punk stemmed from rockabilly, or like I mean, punk's its own thing. It, I don't know. Look, like if you look back, like I think it came more from classic rock. Oh yeah, yeah, because you had bands like the Who, 
and you know like a lot oh, of those and 1970s led into like sex rock. pistols yeah, and then you had the stooges Ramones. velvet underground you know um the door or not the doors sorry well i mean even the doors but then you had a lot of those basically like progressive rock bands mm -hmm. that developed into harder sounds and then you have bands like stooges um where iggy pop got his start you know um actually i don't know if that's where he got his start i could be completely wrong i just know that was before he was just known as iggy pop it was he was it was you know iggy and the stooges yeah um or just the stooges but even a lot of like 1960s garage rock had a punk vibe to it yeah. you know i would say a lot of it comes from like surf rock like surf rock and roll and stuff see that's where i would think rockabilly came from so rockabilly is more down south rockabilly yeah. is like rock and roll and like southern rock so you know it's like a lot of those like you know fucking i associate rockabilly with like a desert mechanic shop like some like shitty car shop out in the middle of buttfuck nowhere with some greaser working at it. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, that is, like, the immediate image I get for Rockabilly. But going into that, that's where I'm saying the handkerchief thing, I always associated it with, with Rockabilly because Weird. almost always you see them wearing bandanas, uh, and especially in the pockets. Again, greasers, being that they're working on cars, that's, like, a whole part is that mechanic aspect. Yeah, because you always have Having some, a bandana. Yeah, wipe your common. hands, uh -huh. wipe everything off. And then the leopard print. Leopard print is not only super popular in punk rock, but in Rockabilly, think of all those fucking, like, classic cars with leopard print interiors. True, yeah. So it's very always been a very hand-in-hand -hand kind of thing. Um, I mean, if you've seen pretty much, I want to say... I feel like almost every album cover from the Reverend Horton Heat has some sort of leopard print on it. Interesting, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just or that like almost like kind of like that loungy look, like that like like the like the smoking jackets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of the Elvis throwback. Exactly. Yeah. It, rock and roll. Yeah. So and that's that's like classic rock. So well, rock and roll. Yeah. I have an interesting bandana story. Oh yes. About me wearing one. Um, I was skateboarding one time and I was learning to drop in and I had a blue bandana around my neck and I ate shit dropping in, bounced my chin off the concrete, didn't feel a thing, got back up, skated for another 30 minutes and my buddy stops me and he's like, dude, you're bleeding. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I looked down and my blue bandana is bright red. Turns out I just split my chin open to the bone. Uh -huh. And I was like, all right, let's skate another hour and then I'll go home. Skated for another hour, went home, covered in blood, went to the ER. And the doctor looked at me and was like, okay, so this isn't a knife wound. I was like, how can you tell? And it's like, because your skin is jagged as hell. And I had to get 12 stitches, put it back together. But it was just interesting to see my blue bandana just bright red. Uh-huh. Well, and it's, I mean, I've split my chin open before, too, and, uh, you well, know, yeah. head wounds bleed yeah. a lot. Turns out your brain needs a lot of blood. Well, and not only that, but, like, when you hit an area like your chin, there's not a lot of nerve endings. Yeah, so, so you don't you even know, notice. Yeah, you don't. Like, I didn't notice, and uh, it wasn't until the next day that I'm like, why does my beard smell like copper? Mm -hmm. Oh, because there's blood in it. Yeah. Lots of blood in it. Uh, oh, oh. Soiled jock straps. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty much exactly what it is. Just likes men in dirty jock straps. Or likes to be in dirty jock straps. One or the other. How do you soil... What? So you, like, piss in it? 
Because you can't really shit in a jock strap. I mean, because the shit strap. <laughs> yeah, you just shit through it. Well, no, 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 no. That's true. Because they're it's not like a thong. The straps. No, they go the over the legs. Butt yeah, yeah. They go around your ass. I guess it is perfect for pooping then. Um, yeah. I think soil just probably means it's been worn a fair amount. Yeah, that's what I would assume. Has an odor. Yeah. Um, or is it at least stained. Now I'm just thinking about shitting in a jockstrap. Black velvet. Ooh, I like that. Amateur director. I like that. <laughs> or, uh, wait. That's pretty much anybody on YouTube. Okay, I've never known that this was the name of this pattern. Did you know that there's a name for cow print? No. Holstein? Oh, that makes sense. I... Stein? Steen? Stain? Is it stain? It's supposed to be stain, because that's how it's always pronounced. Okay. I don't know. I'm I'm just crazy. Um, but yeah, I guess that means you're uh, into milking. Ooh. Or you know, milk me. Oh, okay. Here's the keys thing. Keys front pocket. Owns a vehicle. Needs a ride. Has a home. Or needs a crash pad. Interesting. So front pocket is indicative of vehicle situation. Back pocket is indicative of home situation. Oh, so that was before, like, people started wearing them on the hips, stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I imagine you could do it the same way, front, back. Yeah, exactly. So basically, for, for the keys, it's like, if it's in your front pocket on the left, it means you own a vehicle. Which is really funny, because my keys are always on my right side, which means I need a ride, apparently. Yeah, mine's always on I my left, but I'm left-handed, so. I, that actually makes sense, because I'm right-handed, yeah. so mine's on my right. Yeah. So it's just easy, and I've gotten so good at it, like, because I've been doing it for years, I don't even have to think about, like, oh, I need to juggle my keys. It's like, boom, 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 done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really specific stuff. Oh, tartan, I guess, just like a, a classic tartan. Yeah. You like them clothed. Ooh, cool. wonder why, um, oh, well, that makes sense, because tartan, kilt, you can keep the kilt on, just hike it up. It is one one thing I do like about dresses and skirts. Hey, um, I have a kilt. I have a kilt too, but yours is one of those uh, utility kilts, right? Yeah, mine's massive. Mine's um, I got one that's actually my family tartan. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, and it has pockets. Nice. It has secret pockets, but it has a sparring and everything with it oh, too. Oh, very cool. So, um, I don't wear it too often, but man, they are so comfortable. Oh, I love mine. Um, plus they're like mine's really warm. There, yeah, I mean. It, all the heat rises, so it yeah. just collects around your crotch. Yeah, they're designed to be warm. Um, I mean, yeah. It's though I would say, like, have you ever seen anybody actually try to put a great kilt on? So a great kilt is what you see with like the big sash. Oh across. yeah, yeah. It is a huge piece of fabric, and it actually takes another person to dress yeah. you in it, basically. Because yeah, it's all to, one piece. It's all one piece, so it goes all around your waist and then up and over, and then gets tied. It's yeah. so fucking crazy, but they're really they're cool. rad. Um. Anyway, so. Oh well, speaking of kilts, my favorite ever. Some random stranger. I was wearing mine. I think it was like at the mall or something. Some random guy walks up. He's like, oh, you got anything underneath there? I was like, can you afford to check for yourself? And he just, like, got bright red and walked away. See, and it's funny. That's one thing I personally, I don't go full traditional when it comes to wearing my kilt. Only because, especially when it's warm and my balls are hanging low, I don't want them slapping on anything. So having a little bit of something to hold them together. Or accidentally sit on them. or Yeah, there's that too. So, you know, 
oh, oh no, it's not like I'm embarrassed of my dick flashing somebody. Oh, yeah. It's more like a, I just want something functional. Yeah, see, that's I don't. comfortable. Yeah, I don't care about nudity. I go to the nude beach all the time. Like, See, and it's funny, I'm like, I'm almost a never nude. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I love being clothed. I hate being naked. Interesting. Um, it's not like I hate it, like, oh no, I'm horribly opposed to it. I just am not comfortable naked. Like, unless I have a purpose to be naked, like taking a shower or getting down and dirty, like, then I'm like, why am I naked? Mm -hmm. Why do why? This is not, this serves no purpose. Also, sitting my naked ass all over shit, like, uh uh. Yeah, that's true. I feel gross about that, even yeah. if I'm completely clean. Like, there's no concern, but I'm like, I know where that ass has been. I know what comes out of that. <laughs> I'm intimate with my asshole. I know no, what it I is. I sit on a mesh chair. I don't want anything getting stuck in that. I got so many bad images right there. Not only that, but like when you have a hairy butt, you don't really want those hairs like sticking to things. Mm -hmm. Anyways, you were going to say. Oh, I was going to say uh, that you can also wear, instead of uh, you know wearing a hanky in your back pocket, you can also tie one to the back center belt loop. Mm. That means you're versatile. Oh, interesting. Or a switch. Does it matter the color or just... Uh, the color at that point would just determine like what specifically you're seeking. Gotcha. But, but essentially switch. having it in the middle means that you could give or receive. Gotcha. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of these different things out there. I mean, people take it to great depths, to no depths. I don't really know where to go out beyond that. Well, I know it got the handkerchief code got really popular in Portland for a while within the uh, cycling community, the queer cyclists. I remember you saying that, yeah. Yeah, it became a, uh, because they were always on the move and stuff like that, especially with uh, couriers things, it became a way to like instantly notice, hey, that other guy is into this, this, and this, so am I. And then you could catch up or meet up somewhere. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it became a very easy nonverbal way for the queer community in Portland to communicate with each other. Well, and I think that actually brings everything right back around to the whole core of why we started talking about the hanky code in general is it is that way of communication of people in, you know, sim with similar interests while still maintaining anonymity. Mm -hmm. So essentially you're not broadcasting it to the greater majority of public. But the people who might know about it can see it and see it for what it is. And they know whether or not you are actually signaling for that. Yeah, and if you're not in the community, you wouldn't be aware that's what it is. Exactly. So that's why, you know, it's... it's Plus, it's almost like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I know what that is. You don't. That's true, too. Kind yeah. of like that inside joke, yeah. you know, and, uh, or that inside info that, you that, know... Like, I know more than you, haha. <laughs> right, or I'm part of a club. Yeah, this yeah, is no. my secret. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I do find it interesting. Um, I, you know, I find it interesting how, especially with a lot of BDSM culture, how so much of it was started by gay men. Almost like I would say a very large majority of a lot of our modern day sexual sex culture has been adjusted from the what was previously you know conceived to be the promiscuity of gay men or you the, don't say the, you mean you know, missionary generosity of of you know sodomy or whatever but like come to find out yeah it's not just gay men who like these things it's fucking everybody yep and but the bible says it's bad the bible is a myth <laughs> the bible is a great book sure yeah it's, it's entertaining 
I mean, so is Gilgamesh. So is The Hobbit. Well, I guess The Hobbit's kind of boring, actually, when you get down to it. Yeah, but I mean, like, Gilgamesh is actually, like, related. <laughs> um, but again, creation myths. They're fancy. They're cool. They're them. interesting. They're not reality. <laughs> and you know what? In my opinion, if they are, all of them are. Why not? Sure. Maybe, maybe it's like D&D. Maybe it's like Dungeons and Dragons, where the gods only exist as long as we worship them. And as soon as we stop worship, worshiping them, they're done. Neil Gaiman, American Gods. Yeah, sure. That's the go. whole premise of that. But... Well, I mean, but that's also been something like, okay, there's, um, I've seen, uh, oh, fuck, that was uh, Ragnarok too, wasn't it? Ragnarok was like the whole concept of all the Norse pantheon basically dying to yeah. make way for Christianity. Yeah, because, or there's a... God. But it was literally like their way of explaining away the Norse gods into Christianity. Yeah, because they weren't being worshipped anymore. Right, they made it like an actual part of its history, which is really interesting. So I'm like, oh, is that just what happened with the Egyptian gods? Did people just say, hey, fuck you, Osiris? And he's like, all right, well, fuck you too then. <laughs> I'm gone, peace. Oh, well. That would make sense with the Greek gods, things like that Yeah, too. absolutely. Um, you know, and obviously I think a lot of it, is just based on how humans viewed things. But you do real. I mean, you also have to realize that so many, like, beliefs in religion were essentially, like, forced upon people and then developed into that culture to be the norm. Mm. So... And I am in no way anti-religion. No, no, neither of us are. Um, I think it's, you know, a lot could be said about institutionalized religion. Yeah, forced um, religion. Absolutely. Um, but just like kinks and fetishes, um, beliefs are something that I will never, you know, yeah. uh, shame somebody for having, so long as your beliefs are something that aren't hurting people against yeah. their will. And you're not forcing it on anyone else. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? To each their own. Um, but the moment that changes, that's when I become more critical. Yeah. Um, that or, you know, if you're going to use whatever belief system you follow or lack of belief system to back up a certain point of view. Yeah. Those shouldn't go hand in hand. I mean, I can understand how a belief can affect your, you know, personal views and things. That's how they, how, how beliefs work. But when it's used as like a excuse, I think is what I'm, I'm referring yeah. to, you know, and I, I An run into that a lot with like, you know, I mean, you and I could probably speak for our families coming from being brought up in, in your religious, Very households, religious households where you see a lot of that hypocrisy too. You know, mm -hmm. you see a lot of that. This is bad because of this reason that is from my creation myth. And it's like, You'll see that, but then you also see a lot of that picking and choosing. Yeah. You know, of what is okay, my, what yeah. isn't okay. Like, oh, hey, we can quote, you know, if we're talking about the Bible, we can quote Old Testament all we want about gays being bad. But as soon as we start talking about shellfish mm -hmm. and wearing mixed linens. Which are right next to it. Right, which are also notably known to, like, be, like, death sentences. Yep. So it's like... If they're considered to be on the same level, like, you can't pick and choose. And, well, that's why we follow the New Testament. Okay, well, the New Testament really doesn't say anything about gay people. New Testament just says love everybody. Straight Chill up. up. Also, also, and, and this is probably all stuff that's going to be kind of cut, but I find it interesting because one thing I've, I've recently, like, realized, and it's not to say I'm ever going to use it to, like, just create arguments with people, but, you know, oh, Christians worship Jesus. Jesus didn't say to worship him. Yeah, Jesus said don't worship him. Yeah, he straight up was like, dude, just worship God. Yeah. Don't I'm just his son. Yeah, I'm just the messenger. Right, but 
I'll be like, oh, snap. You just <laughs> now learned that? It's, it's not so much that I didn't know that. It's more that it just really had that click yeah. moment of like, that is like the biggest level of hypocrisy that almost all Christians I know have done mm -hmm. is worship Jesus. And Jesus isn't worth worshiping. Not to say he wasn't a cool guy, but... Uh, and probably a real guy. Probably. Also, he wasn't white. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I, I, he was hella Jewish. Um, radical liberal. Um, you know, Christmas might not look anything that he would recognize, but I'm sure he'd want a PS5. I'm keeping that one in. <laughs> I'm just saying, like. So how do we get from Jesus to, and PS5s from the hanky code? I don't know. A uh, queer community and... Oh, dude, you know what? And I'm pretty sure Jesus would be pretty down with uh, loving and accepting all of that shit. So oh, long as, course. you know, you're not hurting hurting anybody and you're loving your fellow man. Dude, he hung with those people all day. Hell yeah. I mean, I, I, I think most people who can look at it objectively also knew that he was down with the hoes. Yeah, dude, he hung with prostitutes more, than, I mean, he, more than he did bankers. Like... Hell yeah. He was a fucking carpenter. Dude, respect sex workers, period. Hell yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You want to follow Jesus? Do what Jesus did. Respect those sex workers. Yep. Maybe make a baby with one of them. So anyway, uh, we've touched on a lot of completely off-topic subjects. Which we always do. We always do. A little bit more so today because we don't have the... Um... No, I think we were actually more on point today than last episode. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like we've been doing some interesting little, little deviations, mainly because of me. You know, how is that different than normal? I'm just thinking because we don't have our uh, normal voice of reason mm -hmm. in the background keeping us on track. But, you know, Reggie hasn't stopped me multiple times yet, so... Nope, I just, okay. I'm just letting you go, man. Just letting me go. Oh, I mean, I fuck, I don't know. I don't know what else to really say. I mean, yeah. the hanky code's a thing. It's kind of cool. Um, it, yeah, it, I mean, there's check it out for yourselves. Like, it's an interesting kind of setup. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I think it really just, as time goes on and as cultures change and the ability to communicate your interests, mm -hmm. especially on, like, a sexual level, uh, become more, uh, I guess, socially accommodating, um, you know, things like the hanky code have gone kind of to the wayside. Well, and it's just one more thing that, like, sex culture being appropriated into mainstream culture, mm -hmm. where it went from a code to now being a fashion. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point that you make, too, is um, how much of these things have become so much more mainstream. Yeah, that start and... from a sexual basis that then get transferred to exactly yeah and i mean you know i think ease of access of information through things like the internet um the fact that so many people have the ability to find groups that um support what they're interested in um so you know you do have those internet communities that you might be really into some niche kink or fetish but you find a group of people who are all into that same really niche thing and then boom now you have tons of people making inflation porn um so, you know, one niche thing could only be niche until more people realize they like it. Yeah. Uh, and until that's usually what people happens. are exposed to it. And that's usually exactly what happens. And that's probably one of the reasons why I do constantly bring up, like, hentai. Um, I mean, not just because of my own personal draw to it, but because it is something that has become so prominently socially, like, aware, like, like society is aware of, but it's also, like, 
just kind of accepted at this point like for the most part yeah you can make tons of fun of it but like there are plenty of people online and on youtube men and women who are very much advocates of it or very much artists behind it who are totally open about it and people don't fucking care it's like oh cartoon boobs so fucking what you make money off of it cool well you don't look at like some of the more like just regular anime Mm -hmm. those have gotten more and more and more sexual like over the decades oh they've always been i mean dude if you really want to like they honestly anime has been toned down since the 80s like look at the fucking 80s oh that's true Dude, yeah everything there was, was titties everywhere and boobs and assault and, and that wasn't just animes with no, look at heavy metal absolutely a lot of things kind of picked up on that i love that, that south park over episode the top era of of animation but like um for instance some of the old like ovas that i remember watching from the 80s in anime like genocyber if you ever saw genocyber holy fucking shit dude um i i will honestly i'll probably be posting a, a gif or something on twitter but um there's literally a scene where the thing fucking rips a dude's skull out of his head yeah like oh yeah no the gore was way more intense it's animation though was really well done yeah you know and that's the other thing that i admire a lot behind that is it was all hand drawn, you know. So yeah, versus had to draw the CG now. And I'm not saying that current modern day animation doesn't take work. It absolutely does, but there's just something about that hand frame drawn by look. frame. Absolutely. Plus, um, then you could also sell the cells. I wish I had some uh-huh. cells. I surprisingly enough, they're not that expensive. You can buy cells for pretty much any show. Really? I uh-huh. have to check that out. I have uh, I have an animation cell from uh, Minky Momo. Uh, yeah, like OG Magical Girl. Yeah. And uh, I think I only paid like 40 bucks for an animation nice. cell. And it's like a um, a character portrait of her. So oh, it's like rad. main character, face smiling, you know, mid-animation cell. Um, but, yeah, I mean, depending on the show, because when you really think about it, one second is going to be like upwards of six, like 40 frames. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, 30 to, I think 30 frames was about standard for animation. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, one second yields about 30 frames Yeah. at a minimum. So you're probably looking at a very large stack of that's stuff. That's true. For one fucking episode. Yeah. And when you have serialized shows that have been on for like season after season after season, just imagine the libraries of animation cells. And so that's where they're not expensive on their own. It's more if you're looking for a really specific cell mm-hmm. or a specific animation or something. Um, in that case, that's what, where it can get expensive. Or if it's like uh, multiple characters in a scene sort of a thing. So you're kind of paying for content. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're out there. But now I just want to see if I can start buying some hentai cells. <laughs> Which totally... Kind of related, but not related at all. Um, anybody who has ever watched anime or hentai is very well aware of the summer cicada. Oh, yeah, that noise. There is a, there is a hentai I remember catching, and I only knew about it because of this particular scene. But there's a scene where two characters are like walking down a street, and there's you know the cicadas in the background, right? But the cicadas are actually voiced by a voice actor. Oh, awesome. And he's just screaming the sound that they make. That's fantastic. And it's the funniest thing. And I gotta find it now because it was really good. And it's like, he's literally like, 
<laughs> like the whole time. Um, so, um, yeah, this episode's probably going to be a bit of a mess. Uh, sorry, Reggie. No, it's all good. You're going to have a little bit of extra work getting this one taken care of, but uh, I have full faith in your capabilities. Nah, I'll take care of it all. So, uh, well, you know, I mean, coming back around, though, we've hit a lot of different deviations, but the takeaway from today's episode is is that we are currently in a time where signaling for kinks, fetishes, sexual interests is a lot more common and a lot easier to do than it was in times where things like the hanky code were developed because people don't have to be as secretive now. Mm -hmm. You know, the, it's not the big evil gate anymore, you know. Well, and it's also easier to just locate a partner online Absolutely. than go out on the street and try and find one. And, and and so when I'm, you know, saying also the ease of signaling goes into just like I mentioned before, being able to buy T-shirts, being yeah. able to buy things that are very clearly voicing your stance on something that you're interested in. It makes it a lot, you know, I guess brings in a much more, uh, uh, how am I going to phrase that? It makes the ease of access much more um, accessible. Uh, yeah. Easier. Damn. I'm getting real redundant here. Yeah, no shit. Um, I just want to make it sound nice and concise. Holy shit. So basically, with the way the, the ease society, of access has ease... increased. That's a very good way of saying it. Thank you, Reggie. The ease of access has definitely increased the awareness and availability of people's ability to display what they're the ability of the ability fuck off fuck off fuck you um i love you um <laughs> all right i'm just gonna finish that cap off here real so bringing it all back around i think the real like core point of this episode is that uh we don't have to worry so much about having these secretive codes anymore because things are much more acceptable, things are a lot more open, and much more accessible. And when people are able to now just wear t-shirts and things like that that display their interests outside of some secretive hanky code, um, you know, it's, it's showing that things are changing in society and how it's viewed um, in, you know, sexual and countercultures. Still, having little codes like that is fun. Uh, it's kind of neat to pick up on, especially when you start noticing it and you notice that people might be, you know, wearing it specifically for that reason. Uh, so it kind of has that little like, oh, I'm in a club or I've got this little, little bit of secret knowledge. So, you know, take that as you will. Uh, and I'm sure as time goes on, we're going to see the development of more similar kinds of codes. Um, I mean, they already exist in many different little subcultures, uh, kind of like how we discussed with shoelaces or how even like, you know, different hats can represent different things. Um, but ultimately, I think everything's just kind of bleeding together with, with that ease of access. Um, and uh, I think that we're just kind of in, in a time where everything's becoming a lot more fluid and a lot more accepted as becoming fluid. So kind of neat to see um i'm curious about any new possible codes that might come up in the future but until then we'll just keep uh flying our flags and uh hell yeah keeping those hankies uh nice and clean mm -hmm. just like those sheets just like those sheets make sure you keep those clean and get yourself tested 
And even though Hannah's not here, she wishes you all a fond farewell. And from Reggie and myself, you have been listening to Six Sheets Under. Hey there, and thanks for listening to Six Sheets Under. You can find us on Spotify and just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join the discussion, you can email us at sixsheetsunderpodcasts at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Six Sheets and on Instagram at Six Sheets Under. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at Six Sheets Under.